Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. An EU-wide human rights sanctions regime is in sight after EU foreign ministers agreed to work on a Dutch proposal to end impunity for individual abusers, no matter where they come from. This is thanks in no small part to the efforts of one man, Bill Browder, who's made it his personal mission to see such legislation adopted throughout the world. He spoke to Michael Peel recently during a visit to Brussels. Bill Browder runs Hermitage Capital Management, once the largest foreign investor in Russia. Now he is one of the Kremlin's greatest foes. He fell out with the Putin regime over an alleged tax fraud that was being investigated by his lawyer, Sergei Magnitsky. Mr. Magnitsky was arrested by the Russian officials he had accused of orchestrating the fraud and died in prison. I caught up with Mr. Browder during a visit to Brussels and he told me the story. Since Sergei Magnitsky, our lawyer, was killed nine years ago, we've been on a mission to get justice for him. And there's been sort of two tracks on our mission. One is a political track and the other is a criminal justice track. And on the political track, we've been trying to get sanctions laws passed in his name called Magnitsky Acts. And um, on the criminal justice track, we've been tracing the money. There was a $230 million fraud that, that he had covered and yeah. was killed over. And we have a team of full-time forensic investigators, and we've successfully tracked the money and are now working our way through different countries to get law enforcement investigations open. And you might have followed the Dansky Bank scandal. That was partly initiated by our discovery of money going through Dansky Bank Mm -hmm. from this crime. Countries embroiled in the Danske Bank money laundering scandal, like Estonia and Denmark, have been receptive to Mr. Browder's campaign. The UK passed its own legislation in May this year after the poisoning of the ex-spy Sergei Skripal, but Russia, the target of Mr Browder's efforts, has reacted with fury, pursuing him through Interpol, the global policing organisation. Those efforts came to a head in Spain earlier this year. In Spain, at every hotel, when you give them your passport, they scan it and then it goes into the police information system. And so I've checked into the hotel seven o'clock at night, and they came very breathlessly at about 9.30 the next morning to arrest me in my hotel room. How did they behave? Well, it was a bit odd. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see any police in there. And what's even odder is the reason I was in Spain. I was there to meet with Jose Grinda, who's the chief anti-corruption prosecutor <laughs> of Spain, to give him evidence about Russian organized yeah. crime and money laundering in Spain connected to the Magnitsky case. And my meeting with Grinda was at 11 a.m. And literally, as I'm walking out of my room, There's three large men standing outside my door as about to knock. One of them was the general manager of the hotel, and two of them were well-dressed, uniformed police officers from the Spanish National Police. And um, the general manager of the hotel said, "These, these men would like to see your identification. I produced my identification. And they said, Mr. Browder, you're under arrest. And I said, what am I under arrest for? And they said, Interpol, Russia. And I had an opportunity then to tweet out that I was being arrested. And once I tweeted it out, it created a whole sort of political firestorm within moments. So they took you to the station? They took me to the police station. And by the time I got to the police station, dozens of journalists had already called Interpol headquarters. More journalists were calling the Spanish Interior Ministry. Lots of them were calling the, the Foreign Office. Yeah. 
all my political contacts, they were all getting involved because they'd all read about it on Twitter or you yeah. know, there were news alerts. And um, once I was in the station, then, then the police presented me with my charge sheet, which was saying, you know, Russia fraud. Yeah. And, um, and then about an hour and a half into this whole exercise, maybe two hours into it, they got a call from the Interpol headquarters saying, don't honor this arrest warrant. And they told me that I was free to go. And so then the police, same police officers who were so sort of um, officious with me, very, in a very friendly way, drove me to Jose Brinda's office. <laughs> and I had, a, and I was only 45 minutes late to my meeting with the prosecutor. Mr. Browder believes the Interpol arrest attempts are entirely vexatious and an indictment of the way the global police body works. He gives short shrifts to Interpol's insistence that its rules and internal checks stop it being abused by authoritarian governments to pursue political foes. If there's ever a case that shows how Interpol doesn't work, or Interpol's controls don't work, it's my case because I mean, there's no uncertainty about my case. My case has been deemed by Interpol to be politically motivated in various courts and various other governments. Yet Russia has tried to use the system seven times. But how come there isn't now just an automatic block on your case? Well, there is at the Interpol headquarters. Mm. For a red notice, Russia can no longer do it. But there's two ways that Russia or any country can get one of their enemies. They can do a red notice, which is a very formalized yeah. Yeah. process and then they can do something called a diffusion notice. And a diffusion notice is they use the Interpol information system, but it doesn't get vetted by Interpol. Does it have the status of a red notice? It has the same exact consequence, which is you get arrested. That seems crazy. It's absurd. And they're saying, well, we can't police that system. Then my argument is they shouldn't have that system. And the difference between the diffusion system and the red notice system is that red notices take some time. There's an administrative process. And, and so let's say you have a you know, yeah. terrorists on the run, and you just yeah. like, get them right then and there. Yeah. But I mean, in today's day and age, there's no reason why you can't put in filters. Everyone can use that system, but when there's some abuse going on, that names can be blocked out of that system. I mean, Interpol say that they don't have control over that system. It's just not true. And the more Interpol digs their heels in and, and allows themselves to be abused, the more cases like mine will come to light, and it will create a, a financial pressure on Interpol as parliaments and Congress then start to question whether the money given to Interpol to support it shouldn't be given with some type of strings attached. Undeterred, Mr. Browder has been travelling Europe pressing for the adoption of legislation that will mirror the sanctions regimes he has seen adopted in the US, Canada, the UK, Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia. After the downing of the MH17 passenger jet four years ago over Ukraine, killing nearly 200 Dutch citizens, a crime for which investigators have held Russia responsible, there is significant support in Holland for legislation that would punish such crimes. The Dutch government does not wish to act alone, but it has been pushed to press for an EU-wide sanctions regime. This is a way of appeasing the Dutch parliament to say, look, we did what we could. Having said that, if they fail at this initiative, then they have to do a Dutch Magnitsky Act. And the same thing is true with, we now have a bunch of Scandinavian countries that are under huge pressure, particularly Denmark, because of this 234 billion Dansky Bank scandal. Yeah. And so they kind of have a moral imperative to do this as well, but they don't want to do an individual Danish yeah. Magnitsky Act. How much of the Danske Bank money was? So 200 million of the 230 million of the money for the Magnitsky case went through Danske Bank. Yeah. And that 200 million was 
a small fraction of the 234 billion yeah. that they were laundered from the former Soviet Union over an eight-year period. Yeah, is that, is that dollars or euros? That 234 billion dollars, 200 billion euros. Mr. Browder began his campaign for Magnitsky Act in the US and EU simultaneously, but whereas it took just two years to pass in the US, in December 2012, it has proved a much harder sell in Europe. Some suggest it would be easier to pass such legislation if it was not seen to take sides in Mr. Browder's dispute with Russia. A regime without the Magnitsky name attached to it, as in the Dutch proposal, might appease those worried about alienating Moscow, although it would dismay Mr. Browder. After the Salisbury nerve agent attacks in the UK and the Danske Bank scandal both triggered widespread European criticism of Russia's behaviour, Mr. Browder believes the tide is turning in his favour. So, I mean, it's one of these things where nobody really wants to do it, but they're kind of, um, now that it's in play, it kind of puts them in a position where anyone who's against it will have to sort of raise their hand. And um, it's also going to be very embarrassing for someone to try to justify why Magnitsky's name is not on this legislation, when it is in six other countries. Yeah. The murder of the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi has added to the view in Europe that there needs to be a way of punishing human rights violators. He says, There's one very powerful argument that the United States and Canada already have a piece of legislation in place that they can deal with the Khashoggi situation. The yeah. EU is sort of trying to figure out which bucket can they stick that into because they don't have a ready-made piece of legislation for this. You had 40 members of Congress within a couple of days of Khashoggi's murder who wrote to President Trump beginning the process for a Magnitsky investigation and Magnitsky sanctions. There's similar calls inside the... Uh, Canadian Parliament and the British Parliament, because all three countries already have a mechanism, and the EU doesn't have a mechanism. So the EU should have a human rights sanctions mechanism, and, and for obvious reasons, and they shouldn't shy away from the fact that this mechanism was created by Sergei Magnitsky's ultimate sacrifice. The idea of an EU Magnitsky law still has skeptics, but after the push by Mr. Browder and his allies, it has cleared its first big hurdle to becoming reality. That was our Brussels diplomatic editor, Michael Peel, talking to Bill Browder. We'll be back with another news feature next week. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. <laughs>